0: Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new Redefining Cybersecurity Podcast with Sean Martin. Have you ever thought that we're selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Well, perhaps we are. Let's look at how we can organize a successful information security program that integrates business culture with people, process, and technology to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva
1: is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions.
2: Everybody, you're very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here on the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. This is Sean Martin, your host, where I get to talk about all kinds of cool things related to protecting the business and helping it uh, hopefully generate revenue, not just protect the revenue that they create. And uh, I truly believe, as security professionals, we have, we have a role to play in, in helping the business define itself uh to operate accurately functionally proper <laughs> if you will uh in in the uh in the industries within which they play so um today it's a topic that i absolutely love um many people probably think i'm crazy for loving risk management but uh that's the topic we're gonna look at uh, the, the broader grc space today and i'm thrilled to have good good friend on again uh we met A number of years ago, we've had a few conversations. John Sapp, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. Sean,
1: thank you. It's always a pleasure to join you. And uh, we've had a lot of great conversations over the years and looking forward to having another one.
2: Absolutely. And uh, it it seems, and we'll we'll get into kind of your journey a bit, but it seems a lot of our conversations have been rooted in risk and connected to insurance in some fashion, be it yeah. health insurance early days or yeah. just general insurance in early days and then, and then cyber insurance at some point as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it makes me think about September, 2008, not that I remember it exactly, but <laughs> um, there was an episode or, or an, uh, an article in, uh, information security magazine back then. And it was, uh, about, it was, a it was on GRC and actually, I got the, uh, I got it posted up on the wall back there behind me, the copy of the article, and and we were talking about GRC, and that was during the heyday of GRC and ITGRC and EGRC, and so what I want to do today in today's conversation is I've, I've trademarked a, a phrase um, that we are turning GRC around. So when you think about the letters GRC, governance, risk, and compliance, there's I have a different view of it today, which everyone is is talking about it, but it's cyber risk governance. So when you turn GRC around those letters, you get CRG
2: and that is cyber risk governance. And that's what we're going to dive into today. You've made your own Rubik's cube of uh, risk management there, John. I love it. I love it. Well, for those who haven't had the pleasure of uh, of meeting and, and uh, hearing who you are, maybe a few words about some of the things you've done in the past, um, I don't know if you want to tie that article in, what prompted that article and some of the things you've done yeah. kind of leading up to today. I think that'd be super helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in 2006, I uh, was at, at McKesson and
2: after, uh, you
1: know, about 15 years of doing uh, application development, realized I needed to transition my career and uh, had the opportunity of working with um, at, at McKesson. They were establishing a, an IT risk management function. And so that became where I transitioned into, uh, took the CISSP and also uh, acquired the CGIT, the Certified in Governance of Enterprise IT and C-RISK and, and a few other certifications to establish some level of uh, credibility, if you will, uh, to enter the space. And actually in 2008, as we were building that organization out, had the opportunity to pick my title, and at that time I recall Apple having advertised for a uh, senior um, GRC consultant. So I include the you know GRC in, in my title and was tagged a, a senior consultant of governance, risk and compliance um, at, at McKesson at that time. And that, that led to an article uh, as we were implementing ITGRC capabilities, in the organization. And my career has continued to evolve from there, getting more into uh, roles that, um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, at, at the top of the, the podcast that, you know, hopefully security could generate revenue instead of just protect it. And that's actually one of the things that me and my team did is we converted our call center into a profit center at, at, at McKesson because we were able to take technologies like encryption and DOP and other things, because you had HIPAA was had, had become uh, very very uh, prevalent at the time, and folks were trying to figure out that you know some of the smaller practices and organizations how do they do that? So we turned around and took the capabilities that we had implemented and turned it into a product that could be included with an order of you know their their software and services. Uh, so I've continued to evolve that into uh, a. Few different CISO roles: um, at medical device companies and uh, financial services, and now again back in the financial services. Uh, had a stint in retail along the way, but um, you know, so right now, um, CISO here at Texas Mutual Insurance Company, where I've uh, worked to build out the program and evolve it, and really pursue the org- one of the organization's top priorities, and that is improving our security posture.
2: I love that, John, and I, th- I think. What I want to touch on here the is you've you've had, and we're gonna get into the the topic in more detail driven by an event that you spoke at, but you've been in a number of different industries. And I'm I'm curious if different types of organizations do or should or shouldn't approach risk from a different perspective. insurance, financial services, retail, healthcare, device builders. Um, clearly they all have different things they worry about, but I'm wondering, does that mean they have to approach risk differently as well?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question and one that uh, I love having a discussion around. And I think the, the answer is they should, the, the approach is the same although the 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 data elements are different because it will produce information that will drive the risk-based decision and and that's the key to me is that it's all about um, the collection uh, aggregation correlation deduplication normalization prioritization and visualization of that information in order to make that risk-based decision and i know all the sean's i heard yeah, <laughs> see, uh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're always at the top of my mind, Sean. And right. you know, that, but you know, when you think about it, it's 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 a date. It's it's a problem that needs data to solve it, and it's how you structure and organize that data will will be the key to what decision needs to be made. And you know, we we've touched on uh, you know over the course of some of our conversations about you know this new SEC governance. Uh, requirement for reporting cyber risk, uh, how cyber risk is being managed, cyber risk governance, materiality of, you know, incidents and and so that investors and and like have visibility into uh, what's happening in an organization. And I look at it this way. CISOs, we don't make the decision about materiality. That's the number one thing I would say to a CISO is don't think that you own the the responsibility for making a determination about materiality. That belongs to the chief risk officer, to the uh, general counsel, counsel's office, to the CEO, and uh, it's all about providing information. You know, from the security standpoint, we are providers of that information because we deploy a variety of security technologies to gather data to help us detect an attack and to prevent an attack or to protect us against an attack. If, if one is successful, um, you know, so it is about how effective and efficient are we at doing that and taking that information and putting it into um, a language that has business risk context for uh, the folks I say up, down and across. So up to the C-level and the board of directors so that they can understand it because what you wanna do is be able to paint the picture about the effectiveness and efficiency of your cyber risk management activities in financial terms, because that's what they absolutely understand. No um, translation needed, you know, but then you think about down to and that's helping them understand the, the risk and impact to the business if an attack is successful. So they can make decisions about the investments that we are asking for from a from a CISO perspective, and it it helps to justify those investments. But then you think about when you say, okay, well, down, what, what do we mean by down? Well, it's down to the operational and technical level. The folks that are responsible for identifying, detecting and remediating those vulnerabilities or the misconfigurations or the things that could uh, be the, uh, the the entry point for an attack. And then across, that is that middle layer where you have management both from the IT uh, functions as well as the business functions and providing a level of visibility that helps them understand are the people down at the operational technical level, working on the right things based on priority and those risk-based decisions that are being made at a management level or at an executive level and making sure that everyone's on the same page. And that's the the elusive alignment that we've been pursuing for, for, all, for forever. It seems like.
2: So does your, cause I, I'm going to get to uh, the, the the uh, presentation that you made at uh, Planet CyberSec. And um, so it was all around cyber risk governance. You've, you've changed the uh, the order there, I noticed. Yeah. And the first thing that you, uh, well, one of the key takeaways is, is, is defining what that is. Um, and I'm wondering, by changing the letters, do we have to then redefine what we're looking at um because you just talked about having a common common view and everybody being on the same page to me that starts with understanding well, what is it we're trying to tackle so that that definition so yeah. do we need to redefine it and if so how do you define it
1: well i don't know that we're redefining grc but what we are doing is bringing clarity and definition to cyber risk governance and what it is as it how does it roll up into a grc program because unfortunately, what a lot of folks think about when you say GRC, you know, and I get calls all the time and emails from vendors, you know, asking, hey, do you, do you have a GRC platform? Well, GRC is not about a platform. The tool is just a mechanism to achieve the outcomes and the values that you're in pursuit of. So, what we're doing is we're defining those outcomes, we're defining that value, and then we're identifying how we're going to achieve it. And, and developing it and it's really taking more of a product management approach to it and building a program using a product management methodology to it. So you you have your, your, your MVP, that minimum viable product, is a capability that allows me to understand what are the areas of risk that I'm, what are the areas of the business that are at risk to a cyber attack? And cyber risk governance and, and cyber risk management is a component of cyber risk governance that is part of your broader enterprise governance risk and compliance or your enterprise risk management function and so you know we we have an erm function here and i've been uh members of erm functions at, at a number of different organizations and you know the CISO generally owns the responsibility of reporting risk as relates to uh cyber but also the risk, uh, the IT risk, even though we often report to the CIO, the CIO can't define it. And we are better. We are best suited and situated to be able to provide the information to frame up that risk. And while the CIO owns IT risk, it's making them aware of what that IT risk is. And in today's world, we are it's a digital world. There is no turning back. Right. You know, everything we do, as much as we were five to seven years ago, talking about the move to the cloud and do you do it? Do you not do it? You know, people going to the cloud and then reverting back to on-prem. Well, now it's, you know, SaaS has taken over the world and, you know, the majority of organizations, SaaS solutions are uh, are what drive their business or what are, when, when you look at it, I think there was some Gartner research that says that um, 60% of, uh, of, of an organization's employee uses 42 different SaaS solutions. And so there is risk associated with that, but it is defining it so that we can align with um, from a executive level, CIO owns IT risk, make sure that they see the picture from their perspective and what impact a you know, disruption in the IT systems would have on the business. CFO owns financial risk, making sure they understand that what those risks are in the other areas that could produce financial risk and impact the company same for COO and operational risk general counsel for legal and uh, compliance risk and things along that line so it is i think it's establishing an explicit definition of what is cyber risk how do we govern it which in governance is about visibility to manage the risk that we've identified and and that we are prioritizing and presenting for a risk-based decision <laughs>
2: Yeah, visibility and authenticity as well. I want to – integrity, I'm sure, is in there as well. I I want to uh, pick on this a little bit. You piqued my interest with uh, this whole notion of building a product. Mm -hmm. Because what I I hear when I talk to folks um, is that programs are generally driven by compliance or some event or – they, they recognize the need, so they turn to a vendor right, who right. presumably has the problem solved through their tool, so they just adopt the tool and try to cram it into their, their operations. Right. Yeah. Or they select a framework or multiple frameworks and try to use that to figure out what the big picture and then and then find a tool that supports the frameworks they've selected nice. and cram <laughs> it into their operations. What yeah. you described, and I, if, I don't know how much you, you want to share on this. I'm happy to listen. I'm sure the audience would love to hear it as well, how you approach this from a product perspective. That doesn't say the product doesn't have a requirement to leverage a framework, to use a tool or tools, but right. approaching it from that perspective for, I've been a product manager for decades. Um, yeah. So those requirements, the MVP, the minimal viable product uh, is an important piece. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think that's super cool and interesting both.
1: Yeah. So, you know, as, as you know, with, with product management, it's about knowing and understanding what is the outcome you're trying to achieve. You know, it's it, there there's a vision. So usually you've got a vision frame of some sort that outlines what that vision is. So I've outlined and built out a vision for cyber risk governance. What is it? What does it seek to achieve? What are the outcomes that we're looking to gain from it? And not just from the, the CISO perspective, but from, you know, up to the c-level board operational technical folks and, and management alike it's about understanding what are the requirements from those and with product you create personas right and so those those folks that i just described there's a persona for them and so now that you have that you know what it is each one of those personas would like to get out of it so you have conversations with board members and with folks who are who perform vulnerability management detection and who run and manage uh, security technologies because they often have to provide some level of metrics and reporting up to their management that shows how good they are at doing their job or how strong is the security posture and all those things. And at the management level, they've got a view of what they need to see, whether it's monthly reporting, quarterly reporting, things of that nature, and, and what are the requirements they have that they're trying to meet those become requirements as part of building out this product approach and you know there there isn't a a given product on the market uh, today and not a single product anyway and you know I've, we've heard for decades people talk about or at least for the last decade and a half or two um, single pane of glass I'm, I'm not trying to create a single pane of glass uh, when i when i talk about this it's about developing a common pane of glass one through which each one of those personas can look at uh, this, this pane of glass and get the information they need that is near real time. So that, because the, 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 the threat landscape is ever evolving. The attacks morph, you know, almost, you know, minute by minute. And it's how, how quickly are we able to respond to that based on the information we have, because that our priorities have to change based on the change in the threat landscape. And so in order to do that, you have to have information that is accurate to be able to make a decision to, to adjust those priorities. So it's, it's really, as, as you think about product, it's the outcomes, the values, uh, the requirements, and the personas, and to be able to deliver that. Because we we're talking about, the, I've worked in retail, manufacturing, uh, telecom, uh, health insurance, uh, health software, uh, you you name it uh, you know hospitality retail and yes they, they all manage their business business very differently their margins are very different but the problem is the same across whatever the industry is you know jbs manufacturing learned that uh, not that long ago that you know nobody is safe nobody's under the radar they're they're a meat packing plant why would anybody want to attack them well attackers don't care it's about what can they gain by disrupting uh, a business? And you know it's it's about them achieving their their motives and they move on to the next. but it is how do we present the information so that folks can make consistent and accurate decisions that that they can defend with because when we you know, again whether whether you're subject to, Subjective, subjected to the SEC governance regulations or not, you still should prepare an effective, uh, a cyber risk governance approach that achieves the same things that they're asking you to be able to present. And that is just as effective to your board as it is to your cyber insurance carrier. You know, we've, we achieved this year a 10% reduction in, in our uh, cyber insurance premium based on the strength of our cyber risk program how well we identify risk, how we're managing it, but just being able to demonstrate to that carrier that we know what our risk is. So don't lump us in with general financial services or insurance. We're different and here's why.
2: And I've heard, I've heard uh, many stories actually where yes, a premium reduction. Thank you. Right. But also coverage, uh, uh, increase in the policy. So you actually have, uh, protections if something does happen presuming that it won't right there's a bit of a gamble there
1: yeah and you know it's we we're able to get a, a premium reduction while retaining the maximum level of coverage
2: yeah
1: and that to me is one of those values that i can identify as by achieving effective cyber risk governance and the supporting cyber risk management capability within it those are some of the things that the value that you get out of it
2: yeah so i want to I want to talk to you about what I'm, I'm picturing this as is the, the, the easy button that I think a lot of – I'm sorry if I generalize a lot here, but I talked to a lot of people. The, the easy button of, all right, we have a program. We put a tool together. We run these reports and generate this thing, and we make some decisions. Uh, maybe that's possible, um, but what I want to get to is this idea that, and you mentioned it earlier, the CISO doesn't own – this right? right um and a single pane of glass might try to put everything in a single way for everybody to view the same way right. but but i believe and i'm interested in your thoughts on this that it's not about presenting some information and giving somebody responsibility to make a decision i believe that there's a need to present Information in different ways to all the different personas to spur a conversation, so that the team, however many people it is, whomever is involved, different thing, different risks might include different folks, but that the group determines the best path forward, best path forward. Because I I've had some conversations this week around creating a business and building products, and you might have a great idea. You take it step one, step two, step three, and then somebody says. Yeah. But as soon as we reach step four, we're off the cliff. All Mm -hmm. right. We got to back it up. Right. Right. (laughs) And yeah, that's a conversation. And if somebody makes all those decisions on their own and doesn't recognize that step four is the cliff, um, you could very well end up at step four and not realize it.
1: Well, that, well, you're, you're, you're spot on number one is that it's about getting all of the data together and, and align so that you can have a conversation and express why a a one one risk is greater than the other, or why it's a risk at all? Because some folks may not understand it to be a risk. They they think, oh well, you know what? From a risk standpoint, yeah, you know our risk is low there, so I don't really, you know, I'm not really worried about that. The, the conversation does need to happen across those different levels, and you know it starts with a conversation. I think that the, the information starts the conversation at the operational technical level. And you know, part of it is technical folks having to continue to evolve their ability to put things into business risk context, because that's where the conversation goes then with the, the management layer, because now you have to help that management layer understand why it's a risk, what the impact could be, and and again, you, a decision is not being made there. So it's almost it is a bit of a bottom up. Uh, approach in that starting with the the data that's at the very bottom of this and starting to summarize that in a way that if you can have the conversations as you go up the ladder and be able to uh, then drive that conversation but then when you get to the top of the ladder because you know we all even at you know a CISO level or even you know at you know CIO or some of those other levels they don't make those decisions unilaterally or, or um, on their own. There's a conversation to be had with um, an enterprise risk management group to understand, okay, so what it, what should the decision be based on the information that's been provided? And and that's just it. it. It does require conversations at all three of those levels that we've talked about in order to reach that decision, because now everyone is involved in the decision. Everyone understands why that decision was made. So now if something occurs, you don't have to worry about oh, we, we got to get our story together before um, the time expires and we have to get this to a regulator and, and give them what we know. Because now what you've built is a system and a capability that keeps everyone informed. So now it's everyone's in the loop at the time that something occurs or at the time something is discovered that is of concern so that decisions can be made. And now you, you, don't, um, you don't end up with, the unfortunate situation of, of like a winds right now. You know, Tim Brown is a, a friend that lives here in the Austin area. And, you know, I've seen him around and, you know, I, I, we we all feel terrible about what's happening to him right now. And, you know, being, you know, suggested that, you know, there was fraud in some way or whatever it may be. And, you know, so now we're all, uh, at least from in the CISO uh, circles, we're all trying to figure out, okay, hey, how do I protect myself? But we can't get caught up in in a CYA type approach because we're hired to protect the organization. And so we have to continue to press forward in those conversations to to drive that decision-making and inform for those those decisions to be made so that now we, we can all protect ourselves as best we can and we can at least prove that we, we applied best effort.
2: Yeah. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Joe Sullivan, uh, former Uber CISO was convicted, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as well. And he, he and I talked about the icing the role where if, if, if you're afraid to do your job <laughs> right. or if it becomes about CYA, you're not really doing it properly as you just described. Right. Um, and it, it, it that connects to what I was thinking about earlier as well, um, in terms of my experience presenting to the board is presenting <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or even 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 the executive leadership team it's come in take your five minutes you, you, you have 10 but you're only going to get five right show show us your deck we want to get to the last slide um because that's the one that, that everybody wants to see so forget about the the uh, previous slides and the Yes, there might be some conversation, but not a real discussion. Um, So, have have you seen a shift where, or have you seen a way that those conversations or discussions take place outside of the presentation? (laughs) Um, I'm just wondering, are we doing any better there?
1: Yeah, you know, you
2: just described.
1: I I think we've still got a long way to go because it, it is still very much a put together a deck. Um, to your point, you, you get 10 minutes, but it ends up being a seven-minute conversation at best, um, unless you've uh, got a board that's comprised of someone who has a specific interest in in technology and cyber, and and really is looking to understand it. Because it's, I think, part of the concern is as, as CISOs, we don't we, we report into another C level, um, so I don't I don't think we are we we have this the same level of accountability as the upper sea levels but we don't have the same opportunity as the upper sea levels and therefore it's sometimes you, your, your message gets filtered and you know so it's someone wants to whoever you're reporting into may want to see that presentation but and and tweak it to um what the perception of the audience is and and then you know so now you've stuck the message has started to be filtered it's not the impact that you want because it's the concern is you you don't want to you don't want to rock the boat well we we have to rock the boat and we have to push for that message to be delivered unfiltered and to encourage a conversation and the way i like to put together my presentations is to and in, in a way that it, it sparks the conversation and it creates the conversations. And I've, I've had really uh, great success here um, over the last two and a half years here because it's become conversations. You know, I've had the uh, opportunity to not just present at the audit committee, but at the full board meeting and, and that turned into, you know, lots of great conversations and they're, they're very interested in in the roadmap and the path uh, in terms of where I say we are in maturity today and where we're going and why we're trying to achieve that particular level. So it's, it's about really taking, taking hold of it and saying, you know, to whoever it is you report into, we need to educate our board. It's, it's not enough for us to wait for them to find someone who is educated on, on the matter or to uh, get a, a CISO on, on a board. It is to, Whoever is there, let's educate them. Let's let's not tiptoe around the subject, but let's pursue educating and teaching.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, you talked about user personas. Guess what? Those personas are these people. They have Absolutely. they have a a character in these stories. We didn't touch on user stories, but you have a user persona or a persona. Has, guess what? They're they're part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> if Absolutely. you can help connect connect their mind to, hey, I'm part of this story, you have a much better chance of having a more meaningful conversation. John, I could talk to you for hours um, about the whole product thing. Maybe we, we have another chat digging deeper into that because I I love that kind of stuff. I want to give you a moment uh, to maybe share some thoughts on what folks can expect from me. De- December 6th is, uh, is the Layer 8 Masters uh, Planet CyberSec CISO right. forum that you're speaking at. Um, what uh, what can folks expect to hear from you? There,
1: well, you know, I, I will say this: they can expect to hear a very impassioned talk uh, about cyber risk governance. But it's I'm I'm not doing it to just uh, to to talk and to uh, stand up in front of people. But it's I want a conversation. It's going to be a very interactive discussion. Um, the, you know, the key takeaways are are really just a framework. For the conversation and the types of things that I want uh, folks to come and be prepared to participate in in a discussion around, because I you know I certainly have have uh, my my viewpoints and my thoughts, and uh, nobody's ever accused me of being short on words, but I'm there also to be an active listener and to see how what can I take away from it to be able to continue to evolve this this product idea. And, and and really make it more about a revolution than an evolution, because I think there, there needs to be a, a you know, we, we've been trying to get to these, you know, a, a set of what do you report to the board and how do you report it and all that. And, you know, that those topics are everywhere. It was, uh, that was one of the topics that AWS reinvent this week, you know, every, every conference you go to somebody's talking about how to report to the board, how to talk to the board. Well, this is, helping to, I, I want people to be prepared to expand that conversation because, you know, not everybody gets an opportunity to talk to the board, but being prepared on how to prepare information for that level, but also the other levels that you do interact with on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I love this idea of the product, I mean, the word program is in security programs. So yes. I think generally we, we look at things like my, my, my brain looks like a program. I have a Gantt chart stamped in the back of my brain. But uh, so it's easy to look at things as a program. Uh, maybe a little out of most folks' comfort zone to look at things as a product. Um, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I'm excited to hear. Hopefully you'll be back. We can talk more about that. And I'm excited to hear what people uh, say and and take away from you when you when you chat with him about this uh, in La Jolla. Um, yeah, it's always great, John, to catch up with you, and uh, appreciate you thinking like this and and getting people to help think differently uh, for their own their own CSO role and the security program in their organization.
1: Absolutely, John. As, as always, it's great talking to you. Um, thoroughly enjoy the conversation and. Uh, I'm, I'm always available to, to come back and, and continue the, the conversation as, as this uh, evolves.
2: Love it. All right, John, thanks again. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and watching. Um, I'm pretty certain you took something something fun and cool and, and, and meaningful away from this conversation. I certainly did. And uh, we'll include links to uh, to a post that that prompted this conversation which also happens to be uh, a link to uh, john's presentation at the at the conference and uh, of course ways to get in touch with john there as well so thanks everybody for uh, watching and listening be sure to subscribe share with your friends and enemies and uh, we'll see you on the next one thanks again john all right thanks john greatly appreciate it Pentera, the
1: leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at pentera.io. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Cybersecurity with Sean Martin, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share this show and itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand with our conversations, you can sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.